Well, moving on from luck be a familiar tonight, Aspen Kutcher's lucky escape from the Otuga, um, we come to episode 32 of Realm's Ragged Coast campaign, A Beautiful Pillar But Holes in the Wall. What could this describe? I don't know. Maybe the room that our adventures are. <clears throat> I don't know what my voice is doing tonight. Maybe the room that our adventurers are moving into. Uh, listen and find out. Um, all right. Thanks for listening, guys. All right. Well, we were talking other podcasts and YouTube channels. Dungeon Dudes was mentioned, and Andy is giving us secretly in the in the chat the list of i don't know the list of something what was it andy so um i will sometimes watch or more often listen to a dungeons and dragons uh youtube channel and there's a d4 which is like dungeons and dragons the deep dive which does a, a different character build every week um and then i would have to and then, you know, the Dungeon Dudes, I think they have um, the, the greatest uh, listenership. I might have to look at my subscriptions to see what else um, I listen to. But they're, um, I'm trying to convince my daughter, who runs a few Dungeons & Dragons games a week, it seems like, that um, she should start uh, her own YouTube channel because she's really cute and really knowledgeable, but she's not into like um, like the aggro male math-based optimizing. She's more like, what, what funny stories happened this week? And so, you know, I'm telling her that she should just like tell the story of, um, you know what it's kind of like Carl's podcast right tell the story of what happened this previous week but she could talk about it from the point of view of a dungeon master and I think she does a really good job of like increasing tension and building the story in real time based on what she gets from her characters and she also um, has a lot of like um interactions and you know uh characters with charisma get to do a lot with it etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know and i'm i'm more in like the murder hobo uh you know track and so you know people have different approaches to uh what they would do with a, a youtube channel or a podcast many things well what's yeah go ahead dj that makes me think of Ginny day on GSA yes. on YouTube, I've seen her is a she has that same approach. Like she's not a power gamer; she's a DM, and she has a lot of her channel is also a lot of um, costuming. Yeah, so it's a it's a really nice mix of D and D tips and costuming. She doesn't do live play. Um, yeah, one tip that my character Fence wanted to take from her was some strategies on what um low charisma characters act like <laughs> right <laughs> they they don't listen they talk right over people they get offended easily etc cetera, etc cetera. 
So I thought that was pretty funny. I haven't quite integrated that into Fence. I mean, he's he's often um, quiet and maybe a little awkward, but um, but not full like obnoxious or breaking up conversations, etc. With his low charisma score. Yeah, Fence doesn't strike me as particularly low charisma. I mean, he's always he's always there with a with a little bit uh, of healing when needed, and yeah a bit quiet, but not somebody to mess with if you're on, on the bad side of the party. For sure. And Fence has been um, strategizing about how to take on some big baddies in his, during his um, uh, med long meditation stretches. And so um, he's got a few ideas. I, I think Fence strikes me as someone with low charisma and high wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. He's wise enough to know when to stop talking right <laughs> that 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 is good well, maybe we should move towards fighting some big baddies mm -hmm. are cleaning up after having fought uh a big baddie a, an unpronounceable big baddie or a semi-unpronounceable big baddie in the in the muck last time um in any case i think we are going to start off Realms Ragged Coast episode 32 tonight. See, I can count. Um, wow, 32. Yeah, I know, 32. And we didn't even start at the very beginning of this. We had a bit of adventure on, oh, cat. Um, oh, what's your cat's name? This is, this is the new cat. This is Chinchilla. <gasps> Chinchilla. Hi. Love he looks chinchilla. like a chinchilla. He's got the yeah chinchilla coloring, and I'm not allowed to have a real chinchilla, so, <laughs> so I got to name the cat chinchilla. Sweet. And he's getting into trouble on the floor, so he's getting <laughs> time. Oh, chinchilla deserves to have a premium seat for Dungeons and Dragons, in my opinion. Um, you're from you're a little familiar for the evening. That's right. For sure. <laughs> And the cats usually don't do your bidding, so probably not really like a familiar. Yeah, or, or may, maybe like some some old familiar, some some ice methods who who sort of did the bidding and sort of had a little bit of an attitude of their own. Our, our old guy Fitz. Fitz would never be a cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, and he'd let you know about it too. I still have to take his remains to the Sea of Moving Ice. You do. That's we we have other adventures. Do you now. still have his remains? They're not melted yet. Okay. No, he's, he's dead. He's not going to know. Droplets of water and well, bits of him are now yeah. embedded in the other steam methods that um, that Mukherjee Two Moons um, has oh. there. Or assist to spawn to those. <laughs> have to take a spawn <laughs> to the Sea of Moving Eyes. Don't think too hard about it. <laughs> I get too complicated here. In any case, uh, we have a recap from episode 31, which Andy is going to read and has, I think, corrected my omissions of a couple of words, um, at least two, if not three or four in my write-up of it. So we'll listen to recap from 31, Andy, and then we'll do intros of who all these disembodied voices are. The recap of episode 31, Luck, 
be a familiar tonight. The party descends the stairs into a room filled with rotting garbage and muck. The last step into the room is a mimic disguised as the stairs, but Crenshaw scolds it when it fails to bite a party member and the mimic slides up a step or two. The party searches for secret doors after asking Mark if he knows of any. He does not, but he knows the red woman's henchmen came down this way. The party discovers a secret door finally, but after they open it, a creature with great tentacles and a twisted body attacks them from beneath the muck. Mark gets trapped in the hallway away from the party. Although some party members endure vicious attacks, eventually the group kills the Otoig and prepares to reunite with their new henchman, Mark, who missed all the fun, and then press on into the depths. Very nice. All right. Yay. All right. I'm Carl. I'm DMing and playing the lovable um, NPC, Mouse Field Mouse, and the not so lovable NPC, Mark. I confused, <laughs> confuzzled Mark. We need, you'll discover more of Mark's personality as we go on. In any case, I get to play the lovable um, Druid Witch, um, Mouse Field Mouse. Um, Kevin, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Kevin. I'll be playing Theraval Fantastical, a level eight uh, Aladrin arcane trickster together with his uh, familiar Aspen, uh, who's mir miraculously alive, the twig blight that survived the oat yug, um, and who and can be found riding atop uh, a burrowing owl named Drake. Um, I'm excited today to uh, venture deeper into this out of the deep, get, uh, delve deeper away from this muck, perhaps get cleaned off. And uh, I don't know, in favor of a long rest personally after that close encounter. But let me throw it over to Janae. Hello, I'm Janae playing St Claren Steel Cloven, level four fighter, level four druid, ready to keep on keeping on in search of her great nemesis, Scarlet, and twerp. I think that's her name. Um, I should really have that memorized. Considering it's her nemesis and all, kind of an important character. Um, but I knew it was Scarlet. Um, I'll go ahead and pass it to DJ. Oh, 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 before, before DJ goes, actually, Kevin's point about a long rest does remind me you all like booked it over here like seven days journey overland over one lake into this air over around one lake across another lake up into the mountains where the crypt of the sun lord was and then you arrived at the hidden entrance at 11 p.m midnight it was dark but is <laughs> fully visible under a full moon and then you immediately like rushed into combat with the bear bandits and then left the bear bandits and rushed down the steps. So, you know, it's probably 3 a.m. or something like that at this point in time. So there is a little bit of a logic to a to a long rest. Um, but DJ, you should tell us who you're playing and then we can decide where you might want to rest. I'm DJ. Um, I will be playing Crenshaw Jones and the voices in 
our head. Uh, Crenshaw is a sorcerer six warlock two. Thinking about the wisdom of his choices as he is covered in compost right now. I, I like the light terms that we're using. Thank you. My name is Andy and I'm playing Fence the Monk. Fence is an eighth level wood elf, hand of mercy monk. He's armed with a spear and a longbow, though he prefers often uh, the fist, the elbow, and the kick. Uh, he was roughed up a little bit by that Otoig. Um, not so much that he's not eager to press on, but he will benefit from uh, the rest that we eventually schedule. Sweet. Well, you all are, if you're over in roll 20, you're in this long rectangular room over by the western end of it. And you have muck up to your knees. Um, the secret door to the south is closed. Um, Mark is on the other side of said secret door, I think, at the moment. Um, and said secret door opened with like a torch held up near the, um, the symbol that was on the left-hand side of the door up on, on the wall, which is what opened the weirdly revolving door for you. Um, what would you all like to do? Uh, Crenshaw will start by opening the door for Mark to let him back in. Um, yeah, so, what, whoa, what, what, what was that? He points over to the left and there is still this large body that's now sort of floating up with its tentacles. Well, actually only two of its three tentacles still attached to it, sort of floating on the muck. Also, when the door opens, part of the reason that Mark, I mean, Mark had gone into the other room, but then slipped and fell on those steps was that when the door opened originally, the foot or so of muck in this room began running down the top landing and then actually down the steps. So this steps to the south of you is now probably coated in an inch or so of muck at this point. It's not like water flowing out, but it is liquid that is leaving your room and heading deeper into the dungeon. Given the time, are we going to rest? Not in this mud. No. Uh, we can press on and probably given our history, fight some things, right? Or the Wednesday nights are good at fighting things along the way. We are. Or we can go back up the stairs and take a rest in a room that we know is safe-ish. Less mucky. Do we think we've cleared it of all the bandits? I think we did. I don't and think like the outside of 
secret doors. I don't know that there are any rooms that we didn't uh, explore. Mm -hmm. Mark um, said we did. Mark said he was the last one. Okay, great. Uh, lucky Mark. Um, I wonder though, uh, um, surely we were not the first creatures that were attacked by this Otoig in this mucky room. I wonder if we should ask Mark to uh, look around and see if there's anything worth uh, uh, salvaging. <laughs> I have you know. a better idea. Yes, let's hear it, please. Detect magic. Great. So Crenshaw drops a detect magic. And then uh, just sort of surveys the room. Does anything stand out? Yeah, any like fun bits of glowing stuff that might uh be Ooh, I want to like start miming, taking some of the tentacles of the Otoik to like, you know, play like, um, and help dig it out, maybe loot. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the, um, Surprisingly enough, um, there is no apparent magic item that seems to be glowing here. Even mucking around a little bit, um, they're all in the muck. It doesn't seem that you're not like finding anything obvious in terms of treasure. Well, there we go. I don't think people left their treasure in the garbage disposal. Yeah. No you never know. Not that I'm one to defend Theravol, but it never hurts to look. No. We're being scrappy. Uh, I like the idea of going back up, though, to where we were and taking a rest in a safe spot, even if it involves a bit of backtracking. It seems um, prudent to rest. You're going to let Scarlet get away? Yeah, but that's well, that, that's what Mouse Field Mouse is gonna say. Um, if, if we go back, that I mean, we're hurt. But if Scarlet and her henchmen went down here, will we be prepared to fully defeat her though without a rest? I don't know that she'll leave right away, or at least if she tries to leave, won't she come back through this way anyhow? I think she has to come through us <clears throat> to get out. Isn't there also some concern about her coming across the the artifact that she and we are chasing after before we do, and perhaps using that against us? I forget to what extent it can be weaponized. I think it's literally a weapon. Then that would be a good indication. Those are those are easily weaponized. The, yeah, the, the the splinter of the sun was supposed to have like the power to to dry up lakes and um power cities so whatever it is seems to have a certain amount of power promise to it i wonder um as the clock is ticking i wonder uh outside of our our need to heal and maybe recharge some spells 
I wonder um, how close we are to a level of exhaustion. In other words, how many hours we can go exhausted before we really become functionally exhausted. Yeah, so 3 a.m., you've been traveling all day. You probably start taking levels of exhaustion. You know what? Let's let the dice do this. Let's give you a D6. That's a five. So, you know, you all can go until about another five hours. So until about 7 a.m. And then it's going to start really drawing you down in terms of abilities and things. That's probably not bad for the size of the dungeon, right? That we're guessing? Yeah. Le level one exhaustion is pretty bad. Well, I just put it in the chat. Level one exhaustion is disadvantage on ability checks. But that so, includes attacks. What? That includes attacking, right? No. Level three exhaustion is disadvantage on attack rolls and saving throws. So if we were to go to level one exhaustion, like I think we could handle that. And we could probably... I mean, if, especially if we stop talking about this and just move along, we could probably um, get a lot done between 3 a.m. and 7 a.m. Do we feel like we have enough spells to be... Well, we're not a super spell-heavy party with the exception of Crenshaw, anyhow. Um, I am, and I've been really careful about them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm not in too bad of a situation either. Mouse field, mouse volunteers. Okay. Claire and uh takes a big sigh and just says, you know, just I've waited so long for this moment. I don't want us to get too arrogant. Arrogance was Scarlet's downfall after all. I think that. Uh, Fence wants to hold on to all of his key points to use against um, our foes, but he does have, from many, many moons ago, uh, a potion of healing. And seeing that he's down 20 hit points, I think he's going to um, uh, use that. Fence, what do you all think? We have, we have a staff of healing. Oh, do we? We do. Uh, excellent. Um, Sakatumi. When right. when does it recharge? Does it recharge at dawn? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let me just remind myself what it does. It <clears throat> recharges at dawn. Great. Do we know how many charges it has? Currently, it has ten charges. We could do a a cure wounds. Yep, and Mouse Field Mouse um, has a bunch of berries that she's collected, and she could cast Goodberry um, on them. And the nice thing with Goodberry is one one berry is one hit point, so you can you can zero in exactly how much you need healed if you're using Goodberry. It, when the time comes, um, uh, Fence can also do some healing, of course. He is a doctor, but uh, 
I uh, Fence would welcome um, a few charges of uh, the staff of healing because it'll be uh, dawn by the time we become exhausted and the timing, like now would be a good time to use up some of those charges because it's going to recharge before you know it. Cool. Yeah. So we have a druid in the party who can attune to it and then use it to heal. Oh, well, Mousefield Mouse would either actually Mousefield Mouse or Claring. Claring, you should probably mean. I would be happy to attune to it. Excellent. So you want to put it on your sheet and I'll take it off mine? Sure. Because then it's your item. <clears throat> and we have cool. a chain of evidence. That sounds great. Okay. Now, there could be a, a DM who could say attunement takes some time. There are some. Maybe this one. <laughs> that, that maybe that maybe the staff should have been passed earlier to the druid for attunement to to happen that is true or maybe this is a special circumstance where given the intensity of our journey in combat we are charged with power or another way of putting that is that Maybe the staff was passed to the druid. We're 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 retconning this. Or, we've had this staff for a while. I I would assume we fast forwarded through a lot of stuff. I would assume, and not necessarily this, by the way. I would assume that we have had a lot of conversations while on the road, um, because I've done this before. That Crenshaw is really interested in getting to know the other people, so asking lots of questions to a point and getting information so that we have a sense of what we can do. Um, yeah. The other thing, having realized that the staff has to be attuned by a bard, cleric, or druid, um, we're gonna take a, a short rest anyway. Wait, are we? Great. No, I was, I, I don't know. It sounded like you all were going quickly. So. DJ and I, um, I definitely would buy that Crenshaw would have talked with folks about the staff and could see that being passed on, you know, somewhere between Ward and here to um, to Claren. So that's that may I mean that makes sense. We we rushed through that in terms of role play. So I will certainly let this let um let claren use the use the staff and be attuned to it it's one of her three items um should we do this healing and then start moving into the dungeon so you're going to do a couple of charges there with it and then whoever you don't heal um mouse will cast a couple of good berries and um people can nom up leftover items. yeah I would happily consume some of those good berries. I'm I'm down um, twenty some hit points as well. Are you? Okay. Let's use so, the three charges of the of the staff first. I think I think that was the the logic, right? Yes. Start there. Uh, I'm okay because last time I think Vince uh, shot me in the the ass and then um, healed me. Oh, right. I have down as, and, as having lost twenty three hit points. Oh, I mean, down, down to 23 out of 43. Um, 
Did if we... that's the case, oh whoops! If we have three people that are down that much, is Mouse down any? Uh no. So if you look on here, let me drop the the Google Sheet in the in the chat. I, I think you were there. Right. We said we'd save this for next time. Yeah, but it looks like so. Uh, Theraval is down twenty points. Um, Claren is down. 17 fence is down 20 and then aspen i thought aspen had gotten really damaged but i have aspen only down five i thought we healed maybe we yeah maybe we healed aspen up at the end and that's where the the key points were directed so for five charges uh -huh. you can cast a mass Cure Wounds, which mm. will do 3d8 plus your Wisdom mod to everyone. Who's oh, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. And how many charges did you say it had? It, it has 10 total. has 10, and so this is using five of them. Yeah, so go ahead and roll um, 3d8, Janae. All right. Ooh, that's so exciting. Yeah. And add your Wisdom modifier. All right. That's a five, five, two, four, and then plus was the modifier. Thank you. Um, that is plus four. So that's 15. Okay. Great. Thank you. That is very nice. Okay. Dating accordingly. All right, and then, okay, Janae making those. And Andy, you want to do your 15, so that would bring you to what, um, 50, 58? And so then Mouse, Field Mouse is going to cast maybe just one good berry. And that gives us 10 hit points worth, 10 berries to distribute among folks. Um, Kevin, would Theraval like five of those? Yeah. So quick question, though, before we um, share those that way. Uh, did we say that we were about to do a short rest? Because um, Fences Key recharges on a short rest. Mm -hmm. So we should maybe hold on to those good berries and let fence uh discharge some key before we rest for i think the idea was not not to do a short rest oh okay right i away. thought that was a long rest okay so leave great. the muck room i think we were going to leave the muck room head south and uh and then when we found a good flat room that didn't smell like dead things maybe we take a short rest all right but for right now we're going to push on um fence is comfortable on. with 58 he wants to hold on to all of his key uh, for uh, wounding, poisoning, and stunning. Um, so Mouse has these 10 berries. Theraval has just grabbed five of them. Mouse turns and offers the other five to Claren, although Claren prob will probably only take... I'll take two, yes. Two of them. So then Claren is up to full, and that means Mouse just takes the other three and drops them in her pocket. That's Ooh. right. I want to take two berries. Are, good berries are good to bring people back 
who have been knocked unconscious with just one hit point so that they can do something. Mm -hmm. I, I want to take two berries and like stuff it into the feathers of um, uh, Drake. Oh. Like a little carrier owl. Oh, like a little carrier. Oh, so um, yeah, um, Mouse Field Mouse is happy to give you the two. And then she's sitting there while, and she's been like, well, she doesn't think Theraval likes her at all. She certainly likes, um, certainly likes Drake. So the two berries for Drake, she's, yeah, she's good with. Oh. Awesome. Okay, so healing done. Muck running down the stairs to of uh, the steps. No treasure found in the room. What um, order would you all like to go down these steps? Is there a railing going down along the steps? Do we need to worry about um, slipping and falling? Oh yes, you do. It is muck running down the steps. They are. It is definitely a hazard mm -hmm. and. There is no railing. It's just stone walls going down the side. Uh, Fence would be happy to go first because if he uh, falls, uh, he can slow fall and uh, uh, keep himself from being damaged. And that way, um, if there's anything to encounter down there, it, he can encounter it first and others can respond accordingly. Okay, yeah, so go ahead and move your tokens in the order that you would like to go down and just line yourselves up on the steps. And then I will have you do some rolling and I will read the description of the room that you are heading into. Although whether walking or sliding will depend on your rolls. Um, fence is not responding to my cursor if one of you could push oh. fence to the front of the line okay hold up let me yeah i was thinking i would go immediately behind fence so i'm happy to move further down if that's oh yeah i'll move further where's down. aspen oops oh oh aspen got buried under the give it back <laughs> I yank Aspen out of the dirt much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mouse field mouse. And Mark is sort of waiting to see where Crenshaw goes, but Crenshaw always uh generally always pulls up the rear. Okay, so, so then I'll put mouse field I bet he does. All right, let's give some dexterity checks. Um, Fence, since you're going down first, Andy, give me a dexterity check walking through muck on slippery steps. All right. Um, Fence has a, uh, a plus nine on dexterity checks. Let's see how he does. Uh, 26. All right, down the steps, Claren. Okay. Ooh, that's good. Um, that's a an unnatural twenty. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, down the steps, Theraval. Ooh. All right. That is a nineteen. 
down the steps. Yeah, we're no crushing problem. these steps. All right, we got oh oh uh Theraval, mouse field mouse is fallen and um she falls i need um Theraval, give me another dexterity check this is a saving throw do i yeah yeah so dex right. that's a 24. oh okay would you like to move out of the way or catch mouse Ooh. Wait. Um. <laughs> oh, this is tricky. <laughs> you don't you have don't much. Catch your fence will try. Yeah. Okay, I'll catch so her. You, you, I mean, there's like a she like squeaks and is like slides and hits her, and you hear her squeak. And do you turn around and put your arms under her arms to stop her fall, or do you move out of the way? The fur, the former. So I guess I'll like instinctively move my arms. Oh, very nice. All right. And a 20 on the roll? 24. 24. Yeah. Theraval turns around and like face to face with like Mouse Field Mouse has fallen. She's back. She's about to fall. You turn, you put your arms like under her armpits and you're holding her. And she looks at you and there's this like it's big mouse eyes. And she's like, oh, you do care and wraps her arms around there. Oh, oh, just have a, a rom com moment <laughs> in, in a muck slide. In a mud slide. Oh, Love my gosh! But you know what? Mark rolled the same four that uh, that um, Mouse Field Mouse rolled. So Mark falls, and you know what? He's taken out Mouse. He's taken out Theraval. Um, Claren, what would you like to roll? Would you roll a dexterity check? And I don't, oh, boy. I don't think you're going to be able to catch all three of them. I'm pretty strong. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, boy. Um, it's a 15. Um, yeah, you're able to step to the side. So you, I mean, there's you're not no matter what you do you're not going to catch three bodies sliding down coated in mud they're they're coming down um fence dexterity check here to dodge the all right As doctor um fence would like to uh protect any heads as they um slide past him let's see how he does he got a 10 plus 9 is a 19. okay yeah out to the side these three folks are going sliding into the room down. Actually, let's keep sliding further. Theraval, you go almost all the way to this lovely column. Crenshaw, Mark goes shooting down past you. The three folks who fell will each take, well, it's the length of the steps and sliding will ooh, each take six points of damage. Ouch. Ouch. And Crenshaw, would you also give me a dexterity check? I'm going to drop mouse and say, hey, you should be more careful next time. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I tried, but, uh, oh, and I got to look up Mark's hit point. Yeah, so I'm just going to snap out of whatever romance we just had. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mark certainly ended whatever possibility of a little rom-con moment there he's um 
Maybe he's good at that. I don't know. More calm, less rom. <laughs> yeah, we, now we're just going full slapstick. Yeah, because Crenshaw just watched everybody slide down the stairs. <laughs> y'all are, y'all took the quick route. I feel like we need like yakety sax kind of playing in the background uh-huh. of this. Yeah, how did, um, what did Crenshaw roll? I actually need to know if there's a reason I can't take a full minute to get down these stairs. Take a full minute to get down these like, stairs? Take 20, you know? Take, take six seconds for every step to just cast prestidigitation under my foot and very cleanly walk down the stairs. <laughs> Well, after the fall that happened in front of you, I right? can see why you would want to be cautious going down the steps. Not risking you that. Do that. You will have to listen to the description of the room a full minute later after everybody else. So, you know, be a little bit slow, but... Um, but you'll smell better. That is, that's exactly what Crenshaw does. So unless they're attacked in the next sort of 30 seconds, he'll take the slow way. You'll be you'll be winding into the room. Okay, awesome. Let me read you the description because now you are all, all in the room and can see that this room appears to be an entrance of sorts. A beautiful pillar in the center of the chamber demands your attention, particularly the three of you that are blasted up against it. The column is made from a bright white stone engraved with thousands of tiny suns, which emit enough of a glow to bathe the room in a gentle pulsing light. The way it demands your attention and calms you down is almost hypnotic. The floor around the pillar is covered in a beautiful mosaic depicting a massive sun with curved rays of light reaching out into the room. Although now it is covered by sort of slime and muck and compost and poo and yeah. It's the walls of the room are built of a highly reflective polished bricks that reflect the light of the column back to its source. The floor is made up of polished marble tiles, each one a five foot square that are warm to the touch. Anything on the ceiling? Um, no, the ceil- actually the ceiling has the same highly reflective polished bricks. Are the, the column goes floor to ceiling? Column goes floor to ceiling. Interesting. Hmm. I, I'm just like staring at the, <laughs> at the column, kind of like trying, like enamored by it, like a moth or something. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, weird question. What does it smell like in this room? What does it smell like in this room? Um, well, there's still the, I mean, there's the overpowering odor that all of you have noticed from the room above and the muck that has, that has flowed down here. So okay. I would say, yeah, I mean, really there isn't any other scent that that you get okay and in some ways this might be sort of interesting let me do a little bit of freehand drawing here um the muck sort of flows like 
this ish. There you go. So that's the, and then here I'll continue it all the way up the steps and, you know. So it has flowed to the one, because it's it was flowing down the room, into the room a little before when Mark had opened the door and while the battle was going on. So it slid down and there's now this slick of mud that runs a little bit around the column and then mostly runs out this strange natural entrance um, that is on the, the Eastern wall. Can, can I see any um, uh, footsteps or, or like uh, footprints in the muck or that track muck to the other directions? Oh. It looks like there's four different entryway or Exits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are there are four other exits besides actually one, two, yeah. three, four. four. There are five other exits besides the one that you came in. And at this point, we should probably move. You guys can move Crenshaw, Fence, and Claren down because the three folks okay. have into the room. Um, there is a door on the eastern wall that has like a mosaic on it that looks sort of like a sun. Um, half of it on the right-hand side, half of it is like a crescent shape of the sun. And on the other half looks like a half of a moon. And you can see certainly the sun side and then the moon side. And that's on the right is the sun and the left is the moon. Then there is this strange exit that the muck is running out of on the eastern wall as well. And, you know, like there are these polished bricks everywhere, but this looks like something has just busted through the wall. Um, the ceilings in this room are 20 feet tall. Um, this thing, even though it's about five feet wide, probably goes up a good 10 feet. So halfway through, and it's this jagged, like, hole in the wall that's gone through. To the south, there is a door, and the door to the south um, has, a set, has a sun pattern on it. If the door to the east is half sun and half moon, this door is like a full sun. So it's got sun, and then it's got like flares coming off of it. On the western wall leading out of the room is another um, tunnel about five feet actually probably more like seven or eight feet wide very you know structured um exit clearly not you know damaged or whatever and then to the north west on the western wall heading out to started to the north is another place where it looks like something has burst through and created this like 12 foot tall, you know, opening where they, whatever it was came, has busted through the wall and there is a new tunnel that goes out in that direction. Interesting, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, um, and Kevin, you asked, Theraval was looking around if anything had gone through the muck and there's no like other footprints through the muck. It doesn't look like anything has walked has walked through that yet. 
Okay, or out of it, right? In one of these directions. Yeah, through it yeah. and out of it. And Crenshaw, the, someone... the column in the center is indeed magic. The thing that is emanating light. Like you're like, yeah, check magic. What kind? Oh, sorry. <clears throat> yep. What kind of magic? Um, it light magic. Um, what do you want me to give you in terms of types of magic? I mean, are you looking for evocation? I think I think it would be evocation, because I think the light spell is evocation. It is. It's a evocation cantrip. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so I could say evocation. I mean, I think probably more interesting in terms of the type is evocation, but really like of a, of a divine source. Um, so much more clerical magic as opposed to um, as opposed Arcane. to wizard magic. Yeah, and you know, not not great old one type at all, but definitely deity inspired evocation. Um, <clears throat> once that's out of the way, if there's no other magic in the room, uh, Crenshaw is gonna inspect the holes briefly and just do an investigation check. Uh, he wants to just see if this is a, a thing burrowing through here or a thing that makes its lair here and burrows out from here. Awesome. Yeah, go ahead and move to whichever one you're inspecting first. Huh? I'm going to. So either the southeast or the, the northwest. And Kevin, if you want to bring Aspen and Drake, if they're flying into the room. Oh, right. Yeah, they don't take damage. Go ahead and have them. Oh, yeah, no, no, I, I didn't bother to have them check because um, flying is not walking in muck. All right. Um, and then fence. Or, oh, Andy, you can't move fence you want me to move him along a little bit further in the room tell me where you'd like him to go and i'll yes please um i think uh fence just wants to come into the room but we're uh he's getting ready to uh go in whatever direction the party wants to go okay so i'm moving him in but staying close to the the wall um yeah dj what's crenshaw doing he's looking to try to figure out like either what came in or which direction it came in or out of? Uh, yeah, just to, <clears throat> to try and figure something out about it. Okay, yeah, give me an investigation roll. That's a 23. Okay. Um, yeah, so this tunnel has, whatever came in here probably it looks like came from the west so came from this direction and dug into the room like there are bits of the brick line on the floor as if it was you know pushing in as opposed to coming in and breaking with that bits line in the tunnel it's a little tricky to find because whatever has broke i mean it's almost like it was 
eating through the rock and eating through the um, the brick wall. So it's not like the whole mass of the tunnel, you know, the wall broke through and like a lot of it is just gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, what eats yeah. rock? Um, <clears throat> can I do either an arcana or nature? Uh, actually, you could do either one of those, but it matters a little bit which one you do. So tell me if you're thinking, is it like, are you trying to do what magic caused this to eat through rock? Or are you like, what type of creature might I know that would have eaten through rock? That's you see how that's a slightly different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna go with creature. Okay. And that's only a 16. 16 is pretty good. 16 is still pretty good. Yeah, 16 is is not bad. Um what I'm Rather than just giving you the name of a creature, I'm wondering if players might have idea, you know, I mean, so this would also be things that that Crenshaw or Fence or Claren or Miles Field Miles might might speculate. So I'm thinking something elemental. Uh, Bulet. Um is if it's a bulet, like a, if it's a land shark sized, then that's, you know. Isn't it bigger? Bigger than what? Bigger than this tunnel. I don't know how big they get. Uh, bulets are large monstrosities. Maybe an earth elemental itself. So does it look like what came through here is medium or large? Um, looks more like a large monstrosity. All right, so Crenshaw is going to venture that it was probably the best a man can get. A roulette. Roulette. Yeah. Well, I would love to get it, bring it back to the zoo. You know, that'd be great with the kids. If it's a roulette, it might have a baby. Mm -hmm. And if it has a baby, we can kidnap the baby. But bringing an adult roulette back He's not great. You, did you just get that cat? Because I've got two cats that I've had for a friggin' long time and none of them, they would have none of the, I'm sitting nicely on your shoulder. So this cat is about four months old. Oh. Four to five months old. And he is, uh, he really, he enjoys things like um, long walks on people's laptops. <laughs> and so I spend a lot of time redirecting him in a very Aikido kind of way. <laughs> but I, I'm impressed with the shoulder sitting there. That was that was really he's super chill. He's, yeah. he's so chill. But really, he's the dog's cat. He is. You got a cat for the dog. Yeah, we, we tried that and, and, and our cat now just slaps the dog every time she sees him and he's terrified of her. We have the one other... who is about to die. She is an old girl with intestinal cancer. 
Ooh. Sorry to hear that. And so we wanted to have continuity of kittens. So we got one so that we can we can do the handoff. And she is training him in um, putting the dog in her place. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We have um, our, our two cats. The the old one loves the dog, they're best friends, and the little one wants, but the little one wants nothing to do with anything. So yeah, this one chases the dog around. They will they do chase games. It's great. So <laughs> um if we think it's Bulette, then um things Crenshaw knows about Bulettes are that they are large monstrosities, that they eat rocks, and uh, that we should avoid them, generally speaking, because they're not great. Do they, do they, does a mommy bullet like lay eggs or does it come out? Is it a mammal or a reptile? Or what do you? Oh yeah. I think bullets are so mouse field mouse here. Um, I I, I think bullets are sort of like land sharks, and land sharks have have eggs, right? They have those water. Like they're they're like the the manta ray eggs. They're those little the little black things. Oh. This would be the point when I would do an arcana check to see what I actually know about them. Okay. Yeah. If you like. Sure. Yeah. Give me give me a roll. Okay. What kind of zookeeper are you? Huh? That's just I mean, it could easily be a sea world, you know. We haven't committed yet to a theme. So that's a 15. I would like to know it's sort of most significant attacks and if there's anything it's particularly immune to or resistant to so that we can avoid setting fire to the fire elemental for example yeah 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 um so bullets are known for um i mean obviously eating rock and other things that they decide either look like rock or might be tasty which is just about everything. Um, they also have a standing leap, so they can jump like 30 feet, 15 feet high. They, they spring, and yeah, one of their favorite things, I mean, sort of like a shark leaping out at you is to use that leap to grab something and All right, so Crenshaw will say, first, avoid the tunnel entryways. Give them long, give them a wide berth around the tunnel. Um, second, any professional wrestlers turned successful actors should stay away from them. So, the, because they eat rocks. So those are things that we, we know. Um, and and that's kind of it. Can we ask Mark if he heard, has heard anything about a bullet in the basement of the crypt? Uh, we uh, we didn't um, go down here. Uh, in fact, we used the we threw our garbage into that other room, and then 
then the the red woman showed up and sent her henchmen down here and we were like why are they going into the garbage and obviously they opened the same door that we did but yeah i there were like i mean we've only been here like a week or so but there were noises like uh fred oh well fred's dead but uh but Fred like woke me up the other night and was like, hey, hey, Mark, do you hear that? And I swear it was like, I mean, it was like, like an earthquake or something was coming from down by the garbage room. And he was like, hey, let's go check it out. And I was like, no, Fred, I'm, I, I'm going back to sleep. Go talk to Bear. And he wouldn't talk to Bear. And so I went back to sleep. But yeah, there was noise and a points over there. If it ate, ate a hole like that, I'm with I'm with uh, with Crenshaw. I stay away from that. That that doesn't look good. Crenshaw takes after humans. We should probably go through doors rather than through tunnels. Crenshaw takes one step forward, moves Mark to this square here. Gotcha. And then says, what did I just say about standing in the path of the hole? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You oh. too. Oh, um, hey, I, I got to talk. This is looking interesting down here. It's like, it's like opening up this room. Like the, the hallway opens up into to a room down here, guys. All right. Crenshaw waves people away from the hole and then goes and stands in front of Mark to look at the room. Okay. Oh, and you have... Do you have dark vision? Only in pure darkness. So uh, because this room is lit. Yeah. Dark vision. Right. Where, where does the light from this column end? I assume it goes like... It's probably dim light in here, right? Yeah, and I was sort of thinking like this would be lit with Mark holding a torch. What is the, how far does a torch illuminate dungeon adventure? 30, yeah, that's probably about right, 35 feet. Mm -hmm. So that's probably what you're able to see. And probably the light from this is brightly illuminating to here. Yeah, so both, but yeah, so this is really what you can see, and then it starts to dissipate into darkness, but you you can see that the room, it opens up into a room. Okay. Yeah, so the torch would go dim light to 40 feet. Okay, let me give you a little... Uh, That's about where it is, so then I'm going to move in. And before we do that, I think it looked like Aspen and Drake moved over by this other. I don't know. I'm kind of leaning. I, I'm kind of leaning toward what Ben said about like doors seem like that's where people go through. So my vote is east. Is oh through, through through the door? Yeah, that's the one I'd like to go through or investigate for traps. Okay. I'm going to give you, just given Drake and Aspen's position, I am going to give you a little bit more of the, of the natural tunnel. 
And the one thing that Aspen notices that's interesting, you see the sort of darker line there, that tunnel, like it goes in another 10 feet into the wall and then it like curves downward, disappears downward. So where there's darker gray on the map there, the, that tunnel is dropping and he can't see where it drops down, but whatever climbed through, rum, 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 ate, the bullet ate its way through the wall into this other wall and then decided there was some sweet rock lower. And so that tunnel drops down. Uh, I, I'll, I'll shout out to everyone. Like, looks like it ate its way that way. Whatever it is. Bullet? Bullet. Right. It seems to be um, not paying attention to where the doors were, and it was just moving diagonally, either from the northwest to the southeast or vice versa. But I agree that that, that door to the east, um, someone should listen at the door. Fence would be happy to. And then we should um, check that out. Okay, so I'm moving it. Fence, Theraval, are you listening at the door as well? Thank you. Yeah. Else is heading over here with where Crenshaw is. Okay, both of you give me a perception check, and then I want to see what Claren is doing as well. And then we'll swing back to Crenshaw, Mark, and Mousefield Mouse. Okay. 18. 23. Oh, both very nice. Okay, hold on a second here. Um, oh, interesting. Right. Yes, silence out of that room to the to the east. Nothing. You don't hear anything. Uh, Fence says, I say we go um, check it out. Should we, before we do that, should we use our excellent listening to see if we hear any creatures, breathing, movement, tremors from any of these other uh, four openings before we um, go through the silent door? Yeah, so you all have looked, listened to the East. Let me swing back. Oh, Cla let me go Claren and then back to, to Crenshaw. So Janae, what does Claren want to do as everyone's sort of heading into slightly different directions or beginning to think doors to the East or hallways to the South? Yeah, I thought I would assist. I think I'm going to... Well, actually, did Crenshaw, did you already light a torch? Because I have dark vision goggles. Um, that I could either wear and scout or loan to you. Me? No. <clears throat> you should keep them. Okay. I'm okay. Okay. Um, in which case, um, I think that... I will um, I will follow fence and crew through the door once we move in that direction. Okay, so then just move. Move over here. Move over that way. Okay, excellent. Um, DJ, what's Crenshaw, Mark Fieldmouse doing over here? You were looking down here to get a little bit more. 
just to get a little bit more information in this room. Um, and also the with the detect magic still running, I can. Yeah, are, so you're just moving in five more feet. You want? Yeah, I'm sort of cautiously stepping in, and perceiving. So let me roll a perception, just to listen. That is a one. I don't hear anything. Yeah. Okay. When you've walked in another, we don't hear anything. 10 feet. So let me give you at least a little bit better room because it's interesting. And yeah, let me, I need to maybe read the description of the room, especially as you see those curved objects there because mm -hmm. there are statues of an interesting type in the in the two alcoves that you're just beginning to see um oh nifty they don't give me all right i'm gonna make up the description then um because they don't have something for me to read um, yeah, so you're going in and what you see is this room looks like, um, I mean, like the, like the room with the sun column that was sort of the grand entrance. This also looks like part of the, um, the sun temples, like a, a very sort of official entryway. And what you can sort of make out are statues. They appear to be golden and they're standing with like swords held, but the swords are pointed down. Their arms are out. Um, you know, they're holding the hilt of the swords that are pointed down and their arms are out at 90 degree angles, um, like flexing their forearms and just sitting there. And they've got like these helmets on. Um, if Claren was over here, she would definitely tell you they were, you know, warriors of Ra that are, you know, that you can see. So it's, yeah, I think that's probably a fair enough description of what you're able to make out with the, of the flickering light. Okay. Um, do they detect as magical? Yes. Ooh, ooh, those look valuable, dude. Man. So he yes. says it's so within that's it's within 30 feet. So once I get within 30 feet of them, I, I will know. Let me just. Yep. Yeah, you're you're just at the edge, and they are definitely giving. Mag-ack vibes out. Then I'm going to do, I'm going to do another Arcana check at a 24 because I have a theory. Yeah. Talk me, talk me through your theory and I, and I will use the 24 to give you what okay. help I can. My theory is that those, given that this is a temple, they're giant golden statues, they are probably some sort of construct guardians like shield guardians or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's 
if I were building a temple <laughs> and all the money in the world, that's what I would put here. And if that seems even remotely right, just let me know. Yeah, that seems very right. So Crenshaw says back over his shoulder, Mark, back up slowly. Don't make any sudden movements. Leave this room now. God, I, do you like being alive? Yeah. Go that way. Are, are, are you sure? It's gold. Oh, I'm positive. Um, meanwhile, along the eastern wall, Theraval fence, who's opening the door? Rock, paper, scissors. Um, I'd, I'd like the whole party to be together before we open the door and for us to have a plan. Uh, I'd be happy to um, open the door and uh, go in first. But it makes sense to probably beckon Crenshaw and crew to ensure that they are with us before we move. Yeah. We I agree. Crenshaw is ushering them over that way very quickly. Okay. Beautiful. I'll go ahead and move Crenshaw. I will move Mouse and Field Mouse in a second, but I want to click on the room because I've already got Polygon Reveal on it before I move my NPCs. So there is a bit of the room for you all to see. And right. we have people here. And then this room, good makers of the module, will have a description written for it. Yeah? Maybe, or I will. Oh, okay. This plain looking room is about 20 feet across by 15 feet wide. Two ropes are secured to opposing walls on the north and south side of the wall of the room, which you can see on the map. Um, and yeah. That's it. Uh, we don't hear anything, it's still silent. It is still silent. You know, no enemies is a good thing. I mean, should we pull yeah. for this rope? Or Do like, I have some rope on hand? Uh, I, I think we've got rope. I think that when you're in a strange place, um, don't pull on rope unless there's a, a good reason. So- um, Wise, actually. Uh, fence is going to step across the doorway and into the rim. All right, let me move. And do you want to go? I'm putting you like five feet into the room. That's not, that looks good. Okay. I'll immediately follow, kind of maintain our quasi marching order. Um, Feels a little quiet, too quiet right now. What are the ropes? What were they affixed to? Um, the, the ropes are affixed to, to the walls. You're still a good 10 feet away from them. And they are, they just lay on the floor and then they sort of snake up to the walls. Um, do we, uh, does it seem to fence like uh, the, the ropes were once tied to one another? Mm, give me a perception check on that. All right. Uh, let me just remind myself what my uh, perception is. All right. 
Yeah, so, and, and they are, the, the two ropes are tied to metal securements um, on the north and south wall, each with a large knot on the end wrapped around a heavy wooden sphere. Um, I rolled a 19. I'm wondering if, uh, if these were once used as tethers or um, for creatures. Yeah, so I guess the best way to describe it is like the end of them, there's a thing that's about the size of a soccer ball and it's like the rope, you can't quite see how the rope goes into it or it's like tied onto it, but it's like soccer ballish and then it goes up and then there's like a secure, like a, a loop that it's tied around in the wall and a little bit of it of an indention with a metal like um, rung that the rope is tied onto. And so there are two balls, one here and one here that look like wooden balls, the ropes, and then there is like this rung in the middle of the wall that they are tied to. And I I, Aspen and Drake have flown across the room and are on, yeah, on the other side. Great. Uh, I asked Crenshaw if he's still got detect magic going and if he um, detects anything in this room. Still do. Uh, so let me know if there's anything magical. Yeah, um, you're still out of the room, so I need, I mean, the marching order, the train needs to go a little bit further before you could detect anything much beyond where, where Fence and Theraval are. Fence will um, move forward uh, 10 feet. Excellent. I'll keep moving forward as well. All right, so everybody, like, marching. I'll move up, yeah. Yeah. Um, Theraval, are you moving forward as well? Uh, can I see what's it, uh, through, can I, like, peer through, like, uh, Aspen's eyes to look at the, uh, door on the far end, like, to see if there's any kind of sigils or, uh, right, like, depiction, pic pictographs on the, on the door? Um, you know, like, is it, like, the sun moon over here, or is it a sun? Yeah, um, yeah, you're looking like as you look and you're like peering through the eyes, pop, Theraval, the the ball on that that um rope hits you in the back of the head. Like you're focused on looking at the door and fence at the same time you're stepping forward that Theraval is hit in the back of the head with the, yeah. the ball on the rope. Um, I mean, think right? um, the ball on the rope tries to like swings up and tries to hit fence almost like right between the legs, but fence is able to jump out of the way. But Theraval, I need to do damage from the rope and then something even more fun is going to happen for both of you. Um, interesting. Um, Theraval hit with uh, four points of damage to Theraval from the the rope. Can, can I can I use my uncanny dodge to half that? 
since I can see the attack? No, no, no. You couldn't see the attack. The moment you were looking, trying to focus on the door through your familiar and were tetherballed in the back of the head. So that's a that's a full four points of damage. Okay. But the other fun thing that is going to happen is I have to figure out how to. Ow. First of all, ow. Second of all, rude. <laughs> yeah, hit hit on the back of the head. Um. That and then this as well. And I need a dexterity saving throw from Fence and Claren because mm -hmm. it has opened up underneath the two of you when the when these ropes animate. Did you say a pit was opening up? Yep, a pit has opened up, and I want to see if you can jump Ooh. and fall down, said. I got a 20. I got a 16. All right, Claren, you are able to jump back. Awesome. Um, all right. This room definitely seemed too quiet, so I guess we should have known trouble was coming. And what's, so Claren, you were able to, to jump back and off of this. Um, Fence, part of the problem for you is that you're like, the floor starts to fall out. Andy, you said a 16 is what you rolled? Right. Um, the floor is falling out from under you. You don't, with a 16, you don't like go all falling all the way down. But what's weird with this is this thing, like it's not, the pit walls are not straight up and down. They're slanted. So you've fallen about five feet. You're sort of able to use your monk skills. Like you drag yourself down. But at the bottom of the pit, it is full of spikes. The pit drops down 20 feet. You've slid 10 and then have caught yourself, but they narrow, it like narrows down as it goes towards the bottom. And you've, you're bracing yourself with the 16 and monk skills, but like it's designed as a slide and at the bottom where they come together in a thing that's about three feet wide, there are all these spikes that are down on the bottom. The other thing fence that you notice, you're 10 feet down, you're looking up. These two balls, they're, they're like bludgers from Harry Potter. They are now swinging around on the ropes. Um, and while the one hit Theraval on the back of the head, both of these things like Orient, they don't have eyeballs, but if they did, both of them would be looking at you and they're like, mm. they are clearly intent on helping the monk slide the remaining 10 feet down to the spikes on the bottom. Let's roll initiative. And we may end up 
pausing here and then beginning next time at the beginning of the initiative battling the um, flailing soccer balls. Oh. I always roll horribly on initiative. This is, they, they're not tentacles, but they sort of feel like they're keeping with our tentacle theme, you know, like constructs. That's a good point. I was just noticing our, our last enemy was uh, what involved tentacles. Seems to be a theme here. Yeah. We should get that checked out. Wednesday, Wednesday, the Wednesday night, Wednesday nights versus the tentacles. Although some of you, Crenshaw, are now allied to them. All right, this dice has rolled an eight, like all the time. Uh, where's my buddy Mouse? <laughs> what is this creepy little tentacle finger we have on camera? What is this? Just this little tiny okay. <laughs> Like right. the shining or something. Build mouse and is that like the shining? All right. Well, I think I don't know. It seems like that. I I sort of hate to stop because we're we're at a pretty good moment, but um, I don't think with it being nine thirty. Um, I don't think we're going to get through around in a in a reasonable amount of time. Um, I have a quick question. Fence has the evasion skill, which um, well, you know, I guess it'll depend on like what happens next. But when there's an effect that causes damage for which one uses a dexterity saving throw, and you have the evasion skill then you take um, half damage if you fail and zero damage if you uh, succeed. Okay, yeah, and I think in fact that actually, I mean, even with the 16 on the roll and thinking of evasion, like you're not impaled or you didn't fall all the way down, right. the, down the pit from the, the balls like suddenly flailing around and the pit opening up under you. I think the the trick with that next time is it looks like the north wooden ball is going to go first. So if that hits you, we'll have to figure out like how evasion would play with the, if you're hit, does it make you slide down the flea trap more or not? Right. At some point, someone will have to throw me a rope that doesn't have... <laughs> <laughs> uh, attacking um, ball at the end of it. We'll help you out. Excellent. In both senses of the word, perhaps. Excellent. All right. Well, Baller. all right. So mudslide or compost slide created. Um, pillar of the sun found. Uh, the diagnosis of bullet for the caverns, like, hey, you have a bullet infection, a bullet infestation here. Um, okay. Yeah, golden shield warrior statues sighted, mm -hmm. but not animated if they animate. And then a neat little bit of tetherball. 
Sounds so Great. innocent. <laughs> yeah, not, not a bad night. All right. We're doing pretty well. I don't know if we've, have we earned any experience points since we killed that Oitug? Um, yeah, Hopefully so if you look around. on, yeah, if you look, I mean, we've been doing milestones rather than experience points. Right. Although I have with the bears and the bandits and the Oitug, I have been jotting down XP as we've played these last couple of times. I don't think in straight XP, we're anywhere close to leveling up. And so I'm sort of looking for you all to get to a more more of a major milestone in this adventure. But I'll go back through and look XP wise and see if we're anywhere close. But I don't think at eighth level with, uh, with the bandits and the bears and the Oitug that any of those things alone would bump you up from eighth to ninth. Oh, I don't think so either. Mostly I was just commenting on the fact that um, if we're really measuring XP instead of milestones, then we might have earned zero XP so far today. But we are making progress in the crypt, and so that's good. We're moving. Yeah, th th there has not been any fighting, but you are making your way through the crypt and... You have you managed to get to three rooms tonight, which for us is pretty damn good. Absolutely. Great. Thank you guys. Good to see you all. All right. Well, more fun with Claren Crenshaw, Fence, Theraval, Mousefield, Mouse, and Mark tonight. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, this is the end of episode 32 from the Realms Ragged Coast group. And we will either be dropping a new episode of Ragged Coast or going back and scooping up some back episodes from Return of Dragons for you next week. I hope everybody is having a good December. Um, it's Carl here, and I am signing off.